Hello, wonderful moms and entrepreneurs. So I have another guest that I am excited to bring to you. Melissa Brander is from pockethomeschool.com. Now she is a homeschool mom of two boys and she created a space and a business out of her love for writing and homeschooling. So she shares um, with us how she helps other moms with their own unique homeschool journey. And I think what you will get from this conversation is that your homeschool doesn't need to look like my homeschool. And how you do business doesn't need to look like how I do business. So I really enjoy chatting with Melissa, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Melissa, welcome to the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Thank you so much, Jody, for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. My name is Melissa Brander, and I run a little website called Pocket Homeschool, where I really um, seek to reach homeschoolers and give them information and resources so that they can feel really confident in homeschooling their children. Um, I love to write uh, curriculum. That was something that I discovered. And so it's a joy to put those skills into, into action and to be able to share it with other people. All right. So how many kids do you have? I have two kids, boys. They're seven and 10. Um, and they're full of energy and uh, just, it's a loud household around here sometimes. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, how long have you been homeschooling your kids? I have been homeschooling them um, their entire lives, I always okay. say. Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't homeschool them when they're really little, but it sort of just like grew out of this thing. Like it wasn't this, like I know some people have this moment where they're like, this is when we're going to homeschool. And we didn't sort of have that moment. We just sort of had been talking about it. And my husband was homeschooled for part of his upbringing. And so he sort of knew what it was like. And, um, I wasn't. I had gone to um, regular schools, I guess you could say my whole life. And um, so I wasn't resistant to the idea, but I also did not know that like much about it. Uh, so we just kept kind of having these conversations and we just decided to try it. And then we just kept going because, <laughs> because we loved it so much. You just kept trying it year after year. Yes. yes. Well, sometimes people ask like how long will you homeschool for? Like, I find that's a really common that question yes. that non-homeschoolers want to know. And I always say like, we plan to homeschool all the way through, but we take it year by year and we can reevaluate to see if our kids need anything different or our family needs anything different. Because I think sometimes the pressure of like having to have their whole education figured out right away from the get-go can be a lot. So I like to I like to tell other people that answer because it kind of helps take pressure off of me and to remind me that, you know, this is a decision that we make sort of in little ways every day, but we don't have to make this decision forever if it isn't what works for it, but it, it's still working for us. So we keep making this decision. I think sometimes it's, it's not an all or nothing decision, right? It's a decision that we make in little ways every day when we show up and keep teaching our kids and 
it sort of just keeps going from there. And it, it's not like some big moment where you're like, now they will be homeschooled forever. And that is all they are. And um, so at least not for us anyways, I'm sure there are people out there who it is that big momentous decision. But for us, it's more like little decisions that added up every day. And here we are. Right. And it is possible to homeschool through high school. Yes. For any moms out there, that is totally, totally possible and doable. Uh, so, okay. You weren't homeschooled because usually it's the mom that kind of drives the homeschool conversation and because there's some kind of experience with homeschool. So were you the driver of that homeschool conversation or was it your husband who drove it? I think it would definitely have been my husband who drove it. I mean, there were also... I wasn't like opposed to the idea, but I was definitely uh, did not have any experience with it. And um, sort of when I was thinking about my own education and the things that um, my upbringing, I felt like, I mean, I did have a wonderful education and uh, but it wasn't perfect. Right. And and the thing about all education is it's never perfect homeschool or not. And so we were just like discussing, you know, the things we wanted for our kids and for their future and for their education. And, and so my husband had been homeschooled. And so kind of like, he more planted the seed in my head. And then I started reading and researching. And then definitely, like, once I started with it, I sort of just like hit the ground running. Um, But definitely, I think that he had a big influence and driver. Uh, on that conversation, because he, he, he did have more personal experience with it. And my uh, in-laws too, I was able to talk to my mother-in-law about what it was like Mm -hmm. to homeschool her kids when, when they were kids and everything like that. And so it was nice to kind of, even if I couldn't have that firsthand experience to talk to someone else who did have that firsthand experience. Uh, yeah, because I was homeschooled. My husband was in the New York City public school system. So for him, homeschool is like, this is a great idea. <laughs> Just become his public school experience that he had. So what is your homeschool style? So there's so many styles out there. So you're like the expert homeschooler now. Um, <laughs> so tell me, like, what styles have you tried? Because I think every mom goes through a few a few things yes. just to see what fits best. So what have you tried and what have you landed on that works for you? I think, so I feel like we've kind of tried a little bit of everything <laughs> and we've kind of just settled into this eclectic style because I think I realized like very early on, like trying to follow uh, one style and follow it perfectly was just going to make me lose my mind. And so we're very eclectic, I think, in that in that sense, because I think that all the schools have some good ideas in them, all the different, Mm -hmm. and by schools, I mean, all the different like thoughts, thought processes, right? Like Charlotte Mason and Montessori and everything. They all have some good ideas in them. And for us, it's just worked a lot better um, to really be able to pick and choose and to not limit myself to just doing one thing in one way because I think there, there's a reason that all the different styles are popular, right? And it's because every style has things in it that are important and valuable. And so being eclectic has worked best for us. And also, um, I'm kind of a type A personality. 
And so I used to make really elaborate schedules, which <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I can laugh. I can laugh at myself now, but I needed, I needed some kind of structure, Yes. but the structure that I was making was too much structure. Um, and so now we are loop scheduling, which has been really wonderful and has been enough structure without, without being too much structure. And it kind of just gives us a place to start, which is kind of what I like a lot about loop scheduling. And in case someone is listening and they don't know what loop scheduling is. That was my next question. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to explain it. Um, Basically, I take all the subjects that we want to cover and I put them in a list and we start uh, in the beginning at the top of the list and wherever we get to and we stop for the day or for the moment or whatever, the next time that we're coming back um, to work on school things, we just pick up on the list where we left off. And when we get to the bottom, we start back over at the top of the list. And so that is really, it's flexible, right? Because sometimes some subjects, like one day, one subject, we might get really into it and we might go off on an exploration and we might be down and thinking about it and and wanting to learn more about it and everything like that. And so it, it releases a lot of that time pressure because I can feel like I can let things unfold more naturally and we'll get to the next thing when we get to the next thing. And then I know everything is getting covered and that nothing is being left out, but I can just allow it to take however much time it is because I know that in the loop, in the circle of things, we'll, we'll hit all the everything that we need to hit. And vice versa, also, if something that I think is going to take a long time, if we're not interested in it, then it's like five to 10 minutes. And then we're just like, this doesn't work, or it's boring, or, or like, say it's a science experiment, and we try the experiment, and it's just like a total flop. And we're (laughs) like, we're just done with this. Um, Then we also know what to move on. And I I don't have to be like, oh, man, I planned that this was going to be like, an hour of stuff, but what do we do now? So there's, there's none of that. Like, I don't have to worry about how long anything is going to take. It can just take its natural amount of time and we'll move on to the next thing when we're ready, whether that's a longer time or a shorter time. So that's, that's why I found that loop scheduling works really well for our family. So do you use this with textbooks or with like living books? Um, kind of both. I mean, there are a couple of things in our, um, I have different loops for my different kids because they're at uh, really different levels. Right. Um, my seven-year-old and 10-year-old are at, like my 10-year-old is going to be going into fifth grade next year and my seven-year-old is going into second grade. So they're working on very different levels. Mm-hmm. So I sort of just made a list at the beginning of the year of all the things that I want to cover. Um, and like, living books, we sort of naturally just have them a lot in our in our life, like literature is a passion of mine. Okay. So um, it's kind of that for the living books, I don't I almost don't schedule them into the loop, because that's just something we are doing anyways. Okay. Um, like we're all we always read every morning and every evening. And there are always forever too many books that I want us to read. So we don't run out. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I haven't really ever, um, put that into the loop because that's more part of our routine. However, the day looks, we read 
in the evening, basically every day. And in the morning, most days, unless we're going somewhere, sometimes we don't read in the morning. So in, in that sense, um, the living books are just there and we read them whenever we want to. And we have like these times that are just part, uh, part of our life. So I, it's like, I don't schedule them because they're just there. Okay. So how has all of this homeschooling led you into creating a business? That's kind of the funny thing. I was, because I sort of, I would say, fell into creating a business. Okay. Like I didn't, uh, I didn't think about it. Well, I sort of thought about it for a long time, but it, it's one of those things where sometimes you know you have like goals or dreams or even just like inklings in your head where you're like, this is something that I could do. But for a long time, they sort of just lived as inklings in my head. And um, I was a little bit like, I don't know what do there's, there's so much nowadays out there, right? There's like 500 billion homeschool websites in it. It was a little bit like, I don't know, what do I really have to say that that's unique, but um, people in my life just kept telling me like, you know, you really do have something unique, and you're really good at connecting with other people and helping them. And, And this is something that we think you would be good at. So if you want to do it, you should just go for it. And so um, one weekend over the summer, about two summers ago, I just went for it after some encouragement from some dear friends. And in, in a lot of ways, I think that was, even though I'm super type A and I would have loved to have this fabulous plan, like all written out where I knew exactly where everything was yes, going to go. Yes. Um, I think if I had waited until I had that perfect plan, I would have probably kept waiting forever. So it, it took some friends pushing me out of my comfort zone a little bit um, to help me get started. And I'm, I'm grateful for it because I really do love it. And I really love, especially the creating. Um, I have a background in writing, um, an undergrad degree in writing uh, and political science, but that's a whole separate other thing. Um, and so I had always imagined like as a little girl that I would write a book but it turns out that like writing books is not actually my favorite thing. And I loved writing like short stories and poetry and things like that. But then as I started writing curriculum, I realized that I also loved that, which is a completely different style of writing. Totally. It's, it's completely different <laughs> style of writing. Um, and it's, and I still love to write poetry, like all the time I'm writing poetry and sharing it with my friends because that's, kind of just a part of my how my brain works it sees poems and different things and but writing that curriculum and being able to use those writing skills in a different way has been really fulfilling and it 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 really challenges your brain to think in a different way I just recently um a month or two ago I wrote a unit study about wetlands so then I'm thinking about okay how do I explain how wetlands work to of someone to a kid who's not maybe doesn't know anything about wetlands and how do I like synthesize this information and make it into um, an easily understandable format and that's just like a little sort of peek inside my process and my brain but something about writing that most people I think might not necessarily think about is that your audience matters a lot and so 
writing curriculum, it's different than like all the writing that I did for my school because my audience is completely different. But it was kind of in there in me all along because even when I was in college and I had to do like a capstone project and I wrote a little children's book for that, which I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what the book is about anymore. <laughs> um, and I, I was wondering about it earlier today, like, where did I even put that? What was it even <laughs> about? So maybe, maybe someday I will rediscover it and I'll be like, oh, this is really good, but probably more likely I'll be like, what was I, what was I writing? Like, <laughs> because it's hard sometimes looking at your own writing after the fact, you're like, what was I even thinking when I wrote this? But, you know, I think writers are always more critical of their own writing yes. than, than they would ever be of anyone else's writing because um, you see all the things you could fix or make better about it. So let me ask this, because you had a more traditional school where you went to graduated public school or regular school and then went to college. So did you have a career before you started your business? Um, I actually did not. I okay. was, my husband and I got married very young. Um, and I was pregnant in my last semester of college. So when oh, I graduated goodness. from college, I, I know, I know when I graduated from college, I was like roughly 20 weeks pregnant. We had just found out, um, like that was going to be a boy, like a week or two before I graduated from college. And so I, um, transitioned into being a full-time stay at home mom from that, which I mean, that was a whole other thing in and of itself. Um, I did have like all these ideas about what I was going to do for my career. Like I wanted to write for a magazine or work for a nonprofit and I didn't do those things, but I found that kind of those things happened in their own way. Like I right. still volunteer in my community and um, like five years ago, or more even I think it's more now time is such a weird thing at one point there was this um article in a local parenting magazine um which has since gone under because it's very tough to keep a magazine going a long time it's it's and so but I read this article and it was really kind of critical of homeschooling and so I just like wrote a very nice flight like letter to the editor and at the end, I just sort of tapped on, like, I would be happy to write an article for you about homeschooling. And that led to this thing where I wrote an article about homeschooling <laughs> and it was published in the local magazine. And, and so I guess I have had a small part of what I thought I would do when I was older, but it's nothing, nothing like what I imagined. So along with the curriculum that you write, you also do consulting to help moms figure yes. out what their homeschool should look like. So how do you figure that out? Like if you're talking, let's say you're talking to a mom who's listening, who's wanting to kind of transition. So how do you, how do they even start to figure out their own homeschool experience? That's a really great question. I think what, what people can do the most and first best thing is to sit down and just think, what is my family like? What is my kids like? What do I think is going? What are the things that are important to me? Like, what are the values that I want to put into my homeschool? And I think when you start there, when you think about like, okay, if my kids had an education, 
what does that education look like? Does it look like reading lots of living books? Does it look like being outside a lot? Does it look like some combination of a whole bunch of things? Does it look like traveling a lot? Like it, it's so dependent on the individual family and the individual's family circumstances. But I think sometimes like it's super, super easy in, in the world that we live in with all the social media and everything out there to look and see what is somebody else's ideal homeschool. And because their kids look so happy and because it, their mom and everything is clean and beautiful and pastel or nature colored or wooden and everything. And it looks so like aesthetically pleasing right. that it can be really easy to want to just copy that. And so I think when I'm working with someone for consulting, I start just by listening and by asking them a lot of questions to figure out what their family is like and what their family values are and what an ideal education looks like for them. Like, does an ideal education look like learning Latin? That's very popular and a lot of people learn Latin. But if Latin is not a thing that's a goal for your family, it doesn't make sense for your family to learn Latin just because it's what a lot of people do. And so I kind of just picked that as one example. But I think like sitting down and figuring out and thinking about what matters to your family? What are the skills? What are the experiences? What, what are what my family needs to be successful and thrive and grow? And that's really where I start is just by trying to help people listening to what they're saying and um, thinking about the values that they hold and the things that are important for them in an education. And like, are they a kind of person that needs structure to their education? Or are they a kind of person that is willing to just fly by the seat of their pants and make it all up as they go along because they are both kinds of people. Yes. And, and so really just understanding, like if you are the kind of person who needs structure and you just try to fly by the seat of your pants all the time, you're going to be so stressed out. And miserable. Time, yes. And at the same time, if you are somebody who likes having a lot of flexibility and being spontaneous. If you try to follow a really rigid structure, it's gonna it's gonna be miserable for you too. So really figuring out who you are, who your family is, who your kids are, and the kinds of education and experiences you want them to have and the ways that you want them to thrive. That's really how I, I work with families to try and figure out how how their homeschool can look and, and be a successful homeschool for them. Because there are a million, a million ways to homeschool because yes. there are a million people and uh, nobody homeschools the same ways. And so just learning and listening and helping people to think about, okay, ignore all the noise, ignore all the messages and all the very beautiful homeschool things that you have seen <laughs> and think about your family and your needs and your dreams and goals. And that's really how you get to it. Yeah. We tried Latin for a year and that was it. <laughs> we only did it a year. It's a really hard language. <laughs> so it's okay, moms, to yes. To change it up. Um yes. So what is your best piece of advice for a mom starting a business and wanting to homeschool? I think just that's a really good question. I've never thought that much about it before because usually I'm like looking to other business owners and being like, give me advice. Um, so I think, I think my advice would be um, 
probably the thing that's been the most helpful for me is having um, a couple of friends um, and who like really believe in me and are really um, supportive and they're there. I can bounce ideas off of them. And I think like, just because you might be running a business by yourself, but I think like that doesn't mean that you have to do everything by yourself. And so having people um, who are going to cheerlead and encourage you yeah. along the way, I think is really helpful. So don't um, overlook the importance of that. I think it can be easy to get caught up in all the other stuff that you have to do with business because there's a lot like figuring out taxes, figuring out like everything like that. It's a lot. And so like having the people like when I scheduled to be on this podcast and you know, I texted my friend, like, I'm going to be on a podcast. And like, she was really excited and supportive for me. And so like having those people uh, in your corner who help cheer you along. And also when something goes wrong, like I accidentally broke my website a few weeks ago um, <laughs> and it, I needed to fix it. And I was like, oh, I don't even know if I could fix this, but I just like did something that I had done, like, I don't know, a hundred times before. And when I did that, uh, everything broke and it's fine. It's fixed now. It's fixed <laughs> now. Um, my wonderful husband helped me fix it. Um, he's my tech support. And, uh, and so then also having those people and you can call them up and say like, I just did this thing where I broke my website and I'm really upset and nervous about it. And I, I can say this now and I'm smiling because in the long term of scheme, it wasn't a big deal. It was, it was able to be fixed, but at the time I was really stressed out about it. And so I could also turn to those people who had supported me and they reminded me that it would be okay and it would get fixed. And it was not the end of the world because stuff happens like that. We're just, human and I think something mm -hmm. as a business owner sometimes it feels um there can be a lot of pressure to be perfect and to have everything super polished and and ready to go out and I think just reminding yourself that you're human you're going to make mistakes along the way in your business and it's not the end you can overcome the mistakes that you make right. and you can keep pushing forward and that even when it feels, especially in the beginning, when you're just working, it feels like I'm putting all this out there and nothing is happening. I think, I think learning to go past that, because we live in, in such a world where like everything is happening immediately, right? right? And when you're building a business, a lot of times it's really slow. It doesn't happen immediately. You have to trust that what you are doing is valuable and that by putting that out there, eventually it will grow. So there's a lot of trust involved. And I, this is like three pieces of advice now when I didn't even think I had any, um, but just trusting that if you keep working at it, it will grow and it will become the kind of business that you want it to be. But you have to be able to just put one foot in front of the other, even in the beginning when it feels like nothing is happening. That's really good advice. <laughs> and the, you need friends that you can melt down with. <laughs> yes. Yes. So friends to cheer you on and those that you can melt down with. Yes. All right. So the last two questions as we just wrap up here. So what is your favorite part of being a mom? 
I think for me, I love, um, I just love when my kids are just being themselves and looking at them and seeing like, this is the gifts they have and this is who they are and just watching them grow into that person. I feel extremely blessed that I have had so much time to watch them grow in so many ways. And I think just seeing that growth and sometimes it's a little bittersweet, right? When you remember how little they are (laughs) and knowing that they'll never be that little again, but it's really awesome to also see the person that they're becoming and watch them grow into that person in front of your eyes. There's no other experience that I know like it. And final question, where can everyone find you? All right. So the easiest place to find me is on my website, um, pockethomeschool.com. Pocket being as in like you have pockets on your clothes, on your dresses, if you're really awesome. And um, I'm on most major social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, also with the same pocket homeschool. And so if you search for me on there, you'll find me. The best way to connect with me, I always like to tell people is, sign up for my newsletter. Every Friday, I publish a special newsletter that I call five for Friday. And in there, I have five things that you can use in your homeschool, everything from encouragement, freebies to discounts. It's it's really like you never know what's going to be in there every week. I like to throw lots of different things in there, lots of book recommendations too. And so that's one of the best ways to stay in touch with me on an ongoing basis. And I really hope that anyone who's listening comes to check me out because I'd love to meet you in my quirky little corner of the web and uh, get to know you better. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was really great advice for homeschooling moms. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks.